lowering gas prices one honk at a time. Here's Gato Sanchez. I'm going to do it this weekend, too. If I see gas, a gas station jipping us again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm horning them. I'm getting, on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna honk them. I'm gonna honk them. You know, wait, I wait, do. wait, wait. Oh, do you remember that time that he honked and then it worked? No. No, tell me more. No, it didn't work. You guys, you guys remember that? He no. was like, I'm gonna, and, and then it was like, oh my God, that's right. I heard they that. Called, we should go down and call the cops. And they, yeah, uh, so there was that. <laughs> Wise man, what's gas prices today? What are we at? Four ninety. Yeah, four ninety in Phoenix. Four ninety for the cheap stuff. I paid five twenty four. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. The station down the street that Chad's always complaining about is at five twenty today. Boo! Burr. I'm going to give them the horn. All right, uh, we've got a problem with men in this country. Yes. Apparently, if you're between twenty five and fifty four, now this isn't all of you. Some of you just don't want to work. Yeah. Chad, what's the study that you found? Uh, studies come out. As this is uh, a guy wrote this book a while ago. He's, he's re-up. He's basically updated it since the pandemic. But it was called, you know, instead of men at work, men not working. Okay. And we have a huge problem. So let's just put it this way. 25 to 54 able-bodied men, if you will, prime age to work. Uh, one in four essentially aren't working. One in four. Out of that, they outnumber the people that aren't working but are looking for jobs four to one. They've just fallen off the radar. What are they? Some independent? of it's the gig economy. They started their own thing. I was They're making say, money. Are they, are they independently wealthy and they don't have to do yeah, this? You've, you've Did they inherit a whole bunch of bunch of money? I mean, what? But. Uh, Living for free with their parents. Living for free with their parents. Uh, they're, you know, they're 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 doing just enough through, you know, the the gig economy where they're maybe selling some stuff on eBay or whatever it is. But they're right. no passion, no love, and no want to do anything. They're no responsibility. Man, I I always just remember my grandfather telling me, "You got to work hard at whatever you're going to do. You gotta you gotta work hard." And I always took that into consideration and I've always worked hard. Yeah. Because I want to. I don't want to just sit around and do nothing. I want to be productive. Uh I wanna I wanna bring money in. I I, I wanna go to work every day. I wanna do all that stuff. And I just always remember my grandfather, gotta work hard. You have no responsibility, and that's a lot of this. When they look at this, this is men who've got zero responsibility for the most part. They don't have kids. They're not married. They uh, they don't have a passion. Uh, we live in a world where they want everybody wants instantaneous success. You know, I want your job. I don't want to do what it took to get your job. There's a lot of that, and it's a sad situation. But the working hard thing is huge. My grandfather uh, passed away uh, two years ago. He came from Mexico with a fourth grade education and built a multi-million dollar business, and he never rose above his fourth grade education. Wow. I was telling you earlier, he started his business, he had a truck, and we would go garage sailing on the weekends. He would buy stuff, take it down to Mexico, resell it. After a while, he had two trucks, then eventually got enough money to buy a, to lease a bunch of land from the landfill companies so they could start taking stuff from there where he had the rights to it, as well as all the metals. And then he bought the land. It, it was incredible what he did. 
but it was six days a week from 2.33 in the morning. He's up. Grandma's feeding him. So he gets home at six o'clock at night. And it was it was his life was always that way. And it was I'm going to outwork everybody here. There's no place on earth that you can go and do that. But here we want instantaneous success and we want our heart to sing when we do it. Mm. If you look at the same data for people who have come here, whether they've migrated here uh, uh, as as legally or illegally, they're outperforming. The men are outperforming the Americans who were born here. And that's sad. Question. Yeah. Um, people not working or men not working. The, you just described your grandfather, and he was, of his sort, an entrepreneur. Yes. So that's still working. He made good money, and he worked hard, and he supported a family. Yeah. So I feel like in this, when this began here, what you're talking about is people not working for other people. That jobs are going wanting, you know, that that yeah. that they can't. So it, is it that they're not working some or they're just are, not working for somebody else? There's some of that. Like I say, the gig economy, right, where they're they're in, a, you know, they're they don't but have employment where they're having they're getting a You know, they're getting ten ninety nine if they get anything. That can still be a job. That's you still a job. Absolutely yeah. still a job off doing something like it's that. It's still a job. Yeah. But there is also a ton of men that just aren't. And the responsibility, you know, they point out in this book. When you get responsibility, it, it changes everything. When you have a house to pay for, when you have children and a, and a wife, uh, you know, or a domestic partner, well, I don't want to leave anybody out. You you have responsibilities to bring something to the table. And when you don't have that, you're free flowing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't, if the only person you have to disappoint, if you, in theory, is yourself and you do just enough to survive. I do think the entrepreneurial thing is a portion of it, but how much of it? They don't think it's a lot. Well, how did our grandfathers figure out hard work pays off? Absolutely. Like, I'll give you my grandfather's story. Different than yours. My grandfather was a doctor. He was a really great doctor. He would deliver babies. He could do surgery. He had office hours. Uh, you know, my grandfather worked. All, he loved to work all the time. And he worked hard. I know that the, the, the strange story is he had to get a different bedroom than my grandmother because every other night he would be, the phone would ring. He'd be waking up, uh, woken up. Somebody's in distress. He goes and does a house call. Remember all the house calls that were done? But he did it at 2 a.m. So my grandmother's like, listen, this is getting out of hand. You're going to get your own bedroom. So honestly, he would. I would see him one day. What would you do today? Oh, I, I was up at 2 a.m. I had to go for a house call. And then I had to be in surgery by 5. I'm like, when did you sleep? I got a couple hours. So he worked hard that way. I mean, to get yourself up out of bed in the middle of the night, drag yourself to your car, get in your car. It's cold. It's in New York, right? It's snowing or whatever. And you're going across town. For a house call in the middle of the night. And he never complained about it. He always wanted to work hard. He wanted to help other people. You know, just like your grandfather had some sort of a dream yeah. that he wanted to, to have his own business. That's it. And he figured out a way to do what he wanted to do. My grandfather figured out a way to do what he wanted to do. But now in this day and age, yes, if you've got one in four men between 25 and 54 that don't even care if they have a job, shame on you, man. Yeah. You figure something out. And again, I do think, you know, Becky's point, like we've talked about, it, that, you know, the gig economy essentially is working for yourself. Right. Piecemealing things together and, and, and entrepreneurial. But there's a lot of men who are just... 
not even in participating in any way, shape, or form. And that's a scary thing because when we don't have, and women are starting to do the same thing now, they're saying they're catching up. And when we don't have a great workforce, what ends up happening is the people that are working have to support everybody else. And eventually, year society starts to crumble because when you have more have nots who know they can vote themselves stuff, is when democracy dies. Coming up next. It was the play that we all watched over and over and over again. And we said, why is that guy back on the football field if his hands look like they're broken? It was a gruesome scene yesterday. We're going to talk about it next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. You and I love football. Absolutely. Uh, it was Thursday night football. Amazon Prime now is carrying it. Al Michaels is doing the play-by-play. Her- Herb Street, which yep. is still weird, listening to him not talk about Alabama or something. It's usually college. Something happened in that game yesterday. I don't know if I'm ever going to forget. We know it's a violent game. But there is a quarterback. His name is Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Now, you might not know the name, but he's the Miami quarterback. Uh, and he's a lefty. And and that's what kind of he's known for. He's one of the very few left-handed quarterbacks. I think he's the only one right now, right? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. He took a hit yesterday, and something happened when he took that hit. And we're going to play you the uh, the audio. But a week ago, he took a hit, got up. Not even a week ago. It was five to Gosh, six you're ago. right. It was Sunday. So last Sunday, he took a hit, got up, and his legs went out from under him, and he fell to his knees, got back up. So they took him in protocol for the concussion. They said it wasn't a concussion. It was a back injury. They sent him back out there. And then four or five days later, he's starting another NFL game and they takes launched, another hit. They launched on Sunday night an investigation into because when you watch that hit over the weekend, he gets pushed down by one of those of the Ravens, or whatever. He hit his head. He hit his head. And, and, and the wise man pointed something out when he stood up. The first thing he did was kind of shake his head a little bit yeah, he was, on Sunday. Woozy. They already were investigating why he should have been in their protocol. How is he back out there? And the reason we're talking about this is it's like, OK, here in the America, we love this game. Yeah. We love... It's a religion. It is. We like the violence. But it comes to a point where you say, I don't think that guy should be on the field. Here was the hit last night. To a rolling left with the grain. And down he goes. Slung down in his own 48-yard line. And, uh-oh. The training staff comes out as they work on him, and we'll show you in a moment the way his fingers were stretching out at the end of that play. Mike Ryan tells us it's a neurological response to head trauma. So I don't know how to explain his fingers, but they all look like they were dislocated. They did. Because the first guy that runs to him, I think, wants to almost look like he wants to put his finger back in. Yeah. When he hits the ground, it's almost we used to call this rigor mortising, where your body is completely stiff. And it looked like he was looking at his fingers because it was so close to his helmet. Yeah. He was out, right? Yeah. Oh, he was out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is the second distressing injury to a quarterback. 
in four days, and it's an ugly moment for the NFL. If you're the NFL, and what have we talked about? We've talked about head injuries, how they're trying to keep these players healthy. How they're in the midst of lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. There was a movie about this right. because they were hiding information over the fact that they knew CTE existed and their players were struggling with it. I think the question is, what are you supposed to do if you're the NFL with this problem? Because they've got this tent. Everybody sees it. You go to a Cardinals game, they get this big blue tent. If somebody goes into the tent, they're injured. And a lot of times, it's a head injury. And there's someone there who's a, a neurologist. And a third person, non-biased, you know, biased, because back in the day, man, it was just, just getting back on the field. We need him, right? right? And the guy, and, and by the way, if you know anything about athletes, uh, they want to go, they back go back. So they'll say anything to get on the field. Well, now you've got the NFL saying, all right, we're going to employ essentially neutral neurologists. They're going to come in and say... Hey, uh, we're going to look at you. So that way, the it yeah. takes away the pressure because you, the doctor can't get yelled at by you know the coach saying, "Why did you put him on?" Sorry, the guys upstairs pulled him out, not me. Right? Doesn't have anything to do with the team. But that's the question people are asking about Sunday. Did, Did they put him back in because it was a big game? Well, they put him back in, it was a big game. Also, how much does the doctor, the team doctor, once it goes into protocol, have a say? I don't know if he has much of a say. Yeah. I don't know. and Because they're trying to keep these players healthy. Uh, because we know what's happened in the past. Uh, I mean, some of these players have killed themselves. You go and look at Seau. Like Junior Seau may so be the biggest of all. There's Junior Seau was um, a linebacker, right? Yeah. For, for, for USC, then the Chargers, Chargers. First ballot Hall of Famer. And he, he shot, himself. shot himself in the chest yeah. so they could take his brain. Right. And, and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a big wrestling fan, too. <laughs> right. And so, you know, a lot of you say, well, it's fake. Well, yes, it's predetermined, but it doesn't mean these guys don't hit their head. Right. There was one wrestler. I don't know about you, but if you're dro- if you're dropping thirty feet onto a table, that's right. not fake. It may be a fake story, but that hits real. This one wrestler many years ago, Chris Benoit, he killed his family. Yeah, and then he killed himself. And they looked at his brain, and it was uh, they said it was the, the the brain of a ninety year old Alzheimer's patient. It was Swiss cheese, man. And, the, and he was in his forties. CTE until you're dead. You they can't, can't detect it. Right. I mean, you could look and say, you know, there's something uh, there. But, you know, and same thing they looked at with Aaron Hernandez. Right. When they went and looked at his brain, here's a guy who murdered people. Right. Did he murder people because of the concussion or did he murder people because he was evil? And they talked about the fact that he had had problems in high school and and, and college with concussions. So the NFL is really under the microscope because this young man who plays for Miami, uh, if you watch the, the, the play last week where he gets up and falls back down, it's cringeworthy. When you see what happened last night, he didn't get up and his hands went all they looked, it, all his fingers ever looked, seen that looked like they were broken. Have you ever seen that live? I've seen it twice. Soccer one time, but my buddy Mark, he got hit playing hockey. We were playing hockey, and it was terrifying because he had his arms straight out in the air. One of his gloves had flown off, and it looked like all his fingers, like it was a horror movie where they dislocate or something, or like he's turning into a werewolf. Right, right, right. His eyes were rolling back. It was the craziest thing. Oh, it's just brutal. It's brutal. I'm at least glad that they didn't play it over and over and over again last night. But... Uh, it's scary, and we'll see what the NFL does, because this is going to be a major story. You sent a young man out there within five days. He probably had a concussion before he got out there last night, and you can't do that. All right, coming up next.
story time on the Gatos and Chad show. We've given you all this news all week. At the end of each and every uh, show on Friday, uh, we bring you inside our personal lives on story time. Next. It's story time on the Gatos and Chad show. After giving you 19 hours and 45 minutes of news this week, the guys give you an inside look at their personal lives. Ah, the end of the show, Friday. Let's get all warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. Uh, Chad, you ready for this? Let's do it. Um, My wife and I have uh, booked a trip to Vegas, baby. Las Vegas. Vegas. We won't be going there alone. No, no, no. Sin City. Uh, we'll be meeting my father, who oh. is uh, coming out from the East Coast, uh, and uh, his friend. His friend? His, uh, his new uh, female friend. So, yeah. So the the four of us will be in Vegas. So, you know, I've talked on the show about my mom passed away in 2020, covid Goodness, she was probably the first one that got it. One of the first that got it. It was uh, it was so awful, and you know my poor father was taking care of her for all these years because she had cancer as well, and mom was just not well. COVID found her, and it was lights out. And uh, you know, my dad has really not lived. He didn't really live for about ten years, so my mother was sick. So you know. He said after after, you know, he told me after mom died, he had to get out there, not just to meet or date women. It's to go to dinner to it's remind to, everybody, hey, to remind himself, yeah. I'm still alive. I got to go to a movie. Yeah. Who can I go to a movie with? Does somebody want to have coffee? I'm going to go and have coffee. Even had uh, dinner with. Uh, he had dinner with uh, Gail Bass, Gail Bass, our great friend who was in New Jersey doing some TV work. And I said, why don't you go out with my father? You know, go and hang out with them. He loves to go to dinner with people, so they did. They had a great, they had a great time. So my dad is is going to introduce my wife and I. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's his girlfriend. It's a little weird to say that, but the other day, you know, when we were putting the trip together, the other day he goes, he goes, you know, I loved your mom, and I go, Dad, you don't have to say that. Of course, I know you loved mom, and he's happy. This gal seems terrific. I talked to her on the phone once. I'm looking forward to meeting her in Vegas. I don't feel weird about it at all. My mother would want this for my dad. Absolutely. If my father, after my mother passed in 2020, were to sit inside in the house, not do anything, he wouldn't even be here today. I really don't. I really believe that. So I know it's I've never really said it out loud. I guess I'm going to meet my dad's. Girlfriend. Uh, girlfriend in uh, in Vegas in a few weeks. And I got to tell you, looking forward to it. I want him to be happy. He's 75. He's in good shape. Uh, he deserves to have fun because I'll tell you, it hadn't been fun for a while. Yeah. And so it's I, I'm not I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm excited. I don't feel weird about it. And I've tried to tell him I don't feel weird about it. This is great. Let's go and have a good time. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Vegas. I never thought there would be something like this, but hey, got to go and have fun. You got to enjoy your life. Story time on the Gatos and Chat Show. Do you want to come?
Uh, I would love to come, but we're going to Tucson tomorrow. Oh, that's worse than Vegas. That's uh, terrible. Because there's a big uh, reptile show, and I was telling Steve earlier today. He's a like, wise man. Yeah, well, what you got going on there this weekend? I said, well, you know, I'm going to do a little swapping this weekend. Got a couple big lizards, uh, more looking lizards. You're going to trade lizards? Yeah, so I've got a couple of lizards that I'm going to be trading here. How do you trade a lizard? Uh, some people who, you know, because my lizards are of uh, enormous size, a lot of people want big lizards. You know what they want here's the thing it's just like we were talking earlier people want to be thin but they don't want to work out okay. a lot of people want really big lizards hmm. but they don't want to buy them small and grow them big okay so and i'm looking for some smaller ones because uh, i want to build unique homes for them where i can take a you know a, a decent sized thing and turn it into something kind of neat in the wall and and stuff like that it is a strange hobby that you it have is don't a strange you agree hobby, but it's very it's very cathartic and relaxing Good. for me so we're gonna go do that and okay. i'm pretty excited about that because because, uh, you know, some of my lizards, they're huge, and they eat a lot. If you're aware of that, they eat a lot. Uh, and the other thing is we're breeding now. I've got a couple that are breeding, and we think one of them uh, is, uh, is is with child, if you will, or children. Showing? Uh, apparently. Oh, really? Apparently. Well, you can, you know, you kind of see and you can feel around. Uh, that's what oh, they geez. say. They were gravid. And it's exciting because that's kind of the thing is because these are the ones where the birth of these babies will pay for all of them for a while. So, which is good. When so, you when you drive to Tucson, are they in a cage or do you just, are they like passengers in a car? You got to make sure they have their seatbelt no, on. No, no. I, I bring the pictures, <laughs> if you will. You know, when I, you know, when it came out. Oh, you're not bringing them? No, no. I bring oh. pictures because I already talked to people. I've got some, trying to some stuff up here already and they know what they would be getting, uh, you okay. know, and because like my one giant, Mo is his name. I can't take him out in public like that. He's great to look at, but he's got to be in a cage. He is not happy with people. Really? So, but I want some smaller ones because I just think it's interesting. Are you going to bring the smaller ones home and put them in a seatbelt? Yes, that's what I exactly okay. what I do. I got a little children's seat for him. Mm. It's pretty neat. So and when you're in, that. make sure when you're in Tucson, make sure you eat at that really good restaurant that they have. Arby's. I love Arby's. That's about it. I love Arby's. That's about all they got. What are you saying about Arby's? Uh, I'm just saying. It's Arby's not, is one of those places you go, you're like, man, Arby's. Why don't we eat Arby's more? And then an hour later, you're like, now I know what I don't eat <laughs> Arby's more. <laughs> all right, that's story time, the Gatos and Chad show. Goodness gracious. All right, uh, Becky Lynn is up next. Uh, she's got the big breaking news today. Have a great weekend with your lizards. Have to drive to Tucson. This is a big trip for me. Yeah, Tucson's a big deal for you. It is, because I'm leaving my good. house. Right. <laughs> See you Monday. Yeah.